It's the Favorites Podcast presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. I love betting with FanDuel because their app is safe, secure, and easy to use. And when I win, I get paid fast. Plus, FanDuel lets me jump in on the action anytime with live betting during games. So download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Must be 21 or older and in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. It is the Thursday of Sweet 16 of March Madness. And of course, we're bringing on the one named Wonder, the Action Network OG, a man who has been everywhere across your video, podcast, written, dial, social media, talking about Stucky. He's going to break down every single, give us a pick or an opinion as we go through every single game. But before we bring on Stucky, got to bring on my BFF, my companion, my co-host, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. Hello, Chad. It was like a sports overload the last week and I loved it. I I was literally basking in it. Ratings for the tournament are higher than they've ever been. Uh, I think it's because of brackets and gambling. That's my take. Yeah. What do you think of that? Gotta be. I mean, uh, it's, it goes hand in hand where more people are cutting cords yet more, more sporting events are being watched more by the general public. There's, there's a correlation. It's because people, they want the live feed. They don't want the delayed feed. So to me, it makes total sense that, you know, as people want to hate on things, be negative and be like, Oh, college basketball is not as like it used to be. It's not as fun as it used to be. March Madness is his own beast, Chad. Doesn't matter if you know all the names of all the different players. Once the games get going, it's the best. I mean, that that I mean, we'll talk about with, with Stuck here. I love to hear what side he was on, but that TCU Gonzaga, it doesn't get much better. That's why we love college basketball, because it's just you never know what's going to happen. All right. Before we bring on Stucky, let me remind everybody, because I've been talking about game time. They're the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States. I love game time. Honestly, I use it all the time. And if you're looking to get out to a pro or college game this week or even a concert, game time has amazing last minute deals on tickets to all of these. I'm going to open the game time app right now from my house here in Connecticut. It's Thursday. What am I going to do? I'm going to see the Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to see them for $35. That's how easy it is to get good seats for cheap at game time. No matter where you live, download the game time app, get out, have some fun this week. You deserve it. And you can redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. 
Again, just download the app and enter code favorites for $20 off. So download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Also a guarantee, Stucky dropping knowledge. Tell me about your weekend before we get to like Thursday, Friday games. Tell me about your weekend because I can imagine a Stucky weekend for March Madness is glorious. Yeah, no, I was especially, I was actually going to go to Vegas, but um, by the way, hi everyone. Uh, but then we had this event pop up. And then, so I was like, well, I'm going to be traveling up to New York. I'll go up to Philly on Tuesday, see my mom and dad. So I, I scrapped that trip. So it was uh, a lot of me in my dungeon, um, my man cave in my basement. And then I was out at our bars on Sunday, which was so depressing uh, in, Le- in Lexington, obviously rooting for Kentucky. It's huge for the bars on there for my wife and especially for the staff. If they win, they go to the next weekend and it's just, a whole bonanza, but, and they haven't been on a run in so long. Um, like 20, I, since I moved there, they haven't won. They haven't gone to the second weekend. It was a lot of fun, but then it was depressing. And then everyone just clears out of the bars. Like it's Sunday. Um, yeah, there's, there, there also is a lot of college kids on, on spring break, but it was Sunday. And then like Kentucky lost, so the vibe just crashed. But obviously I was out with some of my friends until the very wee hours of the morning until that TCU shot when, and I had TCU, plus four and a half and plus five. And then they were down four. They, I'm like, Oh, they're not going to foul. They're not going to foul. They foul 0.7 seconds left. And then I'm like, I guess I'm done. What a terrible way to end the weekend. <laughs> and then uh, Damian ball lets the ball roll all the way up while there was hugs and celebrations at midcourt and lets it all the way roll all the way up almost near the three point line, picks it up. And so pure. Um, and just a, a brutal beat. If you had Gonzaga, an amazing way to end the weekend. If you had TCU. So yeah, it was a really fun weekend overall. And we thought there was going to be a lot of chaos and there was. Um, so I'm looking forward to this weekend too. Like oh, pretty much anyone can win it. I mean, that's the beauty of the tournament. There's not one team that cannot be touched. I do think Alabama and Houston are a step above, but the beauty of the tournament is it's a lot, a lot of it's just going to come. It's it's not like an NBA series, right? Where the game one, you know, remember like Iverson goes crazy and beats that powerhouse Lakers team. And then you're like, oh, wait, there's you got to win four in the tournament. You, you're hot from three. The other team's off. You're you're going home. You can advance, um, which is what we've seen with Princeton. We saw it with Fairleigh Dickinson. So, yeah, fun weekend overall. And a lot of the blue bloods are gone, but I still think we have a very fun field. Left. So looking forward to these games and the rest of the tournament. I love the tournament. Um TCU Gonzaga, uh, friend of the podcast, Mike Francesa, uh, gave a tremendous breakdown of the TCU Gonzaga uh, backdoor cover, called it the uh, greatest bad beat in college basketball history. And he said he's not overstating it. Um, It's resonating with people. The whole TCU thing is resonating it, as a better, it kind of became the story of the weekend, which is always so interesting, right? Because you don't know what it's going to be. It ends up being a game where the score is, the 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 outcome is is not in question, but the cover is in question. And that's why we uh, do it. That's why. Yeah, we do I'll, it. I'll push, I'll push back on the greatest just because. Of course see. you push back. It's not the well, greatest. <laughs> no, I mean, the greatest that backdoor cover. Uh, of course that- it isn't. Yeah, that's the, the joke. Okay, come on, um, Mike. 
yeah, Duke, Duke, UConn, same, same exact, same exact vibes. Uh, four spread was one and a half. Make split free throws, two on half court ends one. Uh, I remember being at ESPN zone in Washington, DC when I was in college, RIP to the ESPN zone um, and watching that game and the, this, the cheers, like it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been as great as it was now with everyone betting, but there's enough people in there that had money on the game where the reaction was uh, pretty, pretty crazy to watch. But yeah, it was up there though. It'll be talked about for a while. Who is the Cinderella that you still have alive in your bracket? My cinder, I mean, so my, when we talked about brackets last week and on big bets on campus, we'll have our previews out later this week when we go in depth on all these games, you know, I said, look, Houston and Alabama, I think those are the chalky and you, you agree with this chat when we went through our, yeah. our brackets too. Unfortunately I went with Kentucky. I couldn't decide between Kentucky and Memphis ultimately went with Kentucky. It didn't really matter because they both lost and then TCU in the other region. So my final four, my bracket, it took until Sunday night just because of the randomness of TV scheduling, but I finally ripped out my bracket. Um, <laughs> I do have a future. I do have a future on Creighton um, and have, I do have them going to the elite eight. So I'm now a Creighton fan. They looked really good this weekend. They obviously have the draw break right for them for now. Um, you know, they get Princeton, they're a 10 point favorite. They're the biggest favorites of the weekend. So they're, the biggest favorites to go to the elite eight where they would presumably face Alabama, but you know, Alabama's not going to necessarily have an easy game with San Diego state. I do think that they'll find a way to come through, but yeah, I'll be a San Diego state fan, not just in addition to my bet, which we'll talk about in a second, but yeah, San Diego state can win and then Creighton can pull it off. Uh, I will be sitting pretty with that future. So that's, that's pretty much my team for now on is uh, from here on out. I'm a Creighton blue Jack. Simon, do you have any lingering uh, Cinderella's? No, I did terrible. I had Penn State making it to the Final Four. They're gone. I had TCU making it to the Final Four. They're gone. I had Duke winning it all. They're gone. Uh, I will give a shout-out to Fairleigh Dickinson, a Jersey school. Uh, four years when I was in high school, we would go up there. In, in late February, when the snow was still on the ground on the turf, and we'd, we'd play like a little round-robin kind of preseason thing up there, play like mountain lakes, all these north – schools and i'll never forget thinking this is not a college this is literally smaller than my high school that that fairly dickinson campus and the fact that they are the team that didn't even win their own conference they got in and then they took down the one seat it's just why we love college basketball it's literally one of those schools where it's like i don't even know how they recruit like how do you get a kid to go to fairly dickinson no respect to that school just because those are kids that love to play basketball they're not going there to party or have fun it is a little small boring school um those are true hoopers so that was pretty incredible see they pulled off one of the bigger upsets and honestly we are arguably would be historic but because of uh what is it now we have two 16 seeds lost in the last three years it, it's not as cool but it still is pretty pretty incredible we keep getting these crazy runs uh well listen tobin anderson i think that's his name the coach uh signed with iona today so he couldn't get out of there. <laughs> That's that. Uh, yeah. You know, he couldn't get out of there fast enough. Fast enough. Um, uh, <laughs> Wait, by the way, Simon, do you, I also have a uh, UConn future. Those are two of my uh, five that are left. That's exactly and what I was going to say. Blue, I'm blue, blue teams, though. Here. Blue teams. So I, I'm, I'm rooting for the blue teams. UConn, <laughs> great. That's Simon. Simon's theory is still alive. And I'm hoping that 
it comes to fruition because I've uh, just I think the only well, I guess UCLA is a variation, but yeah, yeah, we got then we got Xavier, we got we got yeah. we got a couple of blues left. Yeah, you got quarter of the fields blue. <laughs> uh, listen, as a Central Connecticut native, we thirty five minutes from stores, we are all in on UConn. They looked amazing. Uh, Michigan State. And Kansas will tip off the Sweet 16 on Thursday night at 6.30 Eastern on TBS. Um, Michigan State, a short favorite. Stucky, do you have a lean here? Yeah, you're going to you're gonna lose all of uh, the listeners in Manhattan. Kansas State, not Kansas. Kansas went down last Didn't weekend. I say Kansas State? No, you said Kansas. Uh, uh, that's okay. I, I meant to say Kansas State. Too. Uh, little brother, Kansas State, doesn't get respect again. Uh, yeah, should be a really good game. This is uh, in the garden, and they're, both teams are led by New York City point guards, which is fun, who are electric, and they both could put on a show here. I I tend to like Michigan State. I, they opened as an underdog, and they quickly moved to a favorite. Was hoping to get them as an underdog, but I couldn't. I think there's gonna be a lot of runs in this game. Um, so if you're looking, keep this in mind, like the lines are pretty efficient this time of the year. And if you like it aside, but you don't love it and you're like, man, I wish I got a little better number. You can always just say, all right, let me, there's live betting. You can say, all right, let me see if I can get a better number live. And that's a sweat in of itself. You can say, all right, let's hope they go down, you know, nine to two early and then I can get an even better number. I, I like, I, you know, this Kansas state team, they beat Kentucky. Kentucky couldn't make a shot. Their best shooter was, Oh, a 12 from three. Um, it was just one of those days where he couldn't hit any outside shots. This Kansas State team just wasn't the same away from home all year. They do have a really good backcourt. Uh, you know, Izzo in the Sweet 16 with those guards and their shot making. Uh, I think Michigan State's going to advance. I wish I got a little better number. I may end up playing them small on the money line, but I'm, I'm definitely going to wait to see if I can get a better number with Sparty. I think they ultimately prevail here, but it's – the margins are, are are tight. I think it's going to be a pretty competitive game. All right. So the game that uh, – and by the way, I should remind everybody, listen to Stucky on Big Bets on Campus because it is the epitome of Action Network podcasting. It's inside. It's conversational. It's research-driven, but it's got analytics. It's professional betting that you can do in a bar. It's that much fun. Big bets on campus. Go listen. Arkansas, UConn. UConn's getting the hook, you know, around three and a half. Um, I love this UConn team. Johnny California, Hawkins, big man in the middle. The kid from Bristol Central coming off the bench. Number 32. Yeah, I like I like UConn here too. I played them money line when this opened. And I think they're going to advance. I think they're just like a little better version of Arkansas. And if you want to play Arkansas, you have to defend at the rim. That is how they get almost all of their offense. Either they get to the line, get on the offensive glass, or get to the rim. They cannot shoot. They are horrific. They they just they can't shoot from three. One of the worst shooting teams in the in the field, and I think the worst shooting team that's left. They're not going to make any outside shots against the length of Connecticut. They're not going to be able to control the glass, and Connecticut can defend at the rim. So I think what this comes down to is Connecticut can match their size, their physicality, and I trust Connecticut to make more shots. They're peaking at the right time. Over the last month or so, if you look at a few different analytics sites, they've been the best team in the country in overall efficiency. So, yeah, I mean, Arkansas has a ton of talent. Look, they have three potential first-round draft picks, but one of them, Nick Smith Jr., 
he doesn't even play. Like, he didn't even play in the second half of last game. There's something going on there. Um, you know, this Arkansas team, I think, was a pretty good matchup against Kansas. Not that strong at the rim. And they really pulled that out of the hat. So, I, I think Connecticut advances here. I, I played them on a money line. Feel pretty confident about it. This Connecticut team is extremely dangerous right now. And I think they're peaking at the right time. And they have the size inside to to battle Arkansas at the rim, which is what you need. That's basically what Arkansas games come down to. The tournament is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash favorites and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. In the Sweet 16, my favorite bet is Alabama. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash favorites to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Must be 21 or older and in select states. First online, real money wager only, $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. I know Simon is going to want to ask you about Gonzaga UCLA because it's so much blue. But before we get to that, I know you bet on Florida Atlantic plus five and a half because I follow you in the Action Network app. Everybody should go download it. It's free. You can follow experts like Simon and Stucky. See what they're betting immediately if you follow them and get alerts. And so I'm able to get on FAU at plus five and a half when I see Stucky does it. Yeah, I like like the owls here. It's funny, you, you can still see, even at this late in the year, you can you can still see recency bias in people after just one result, right? Going into last weekend, Duke, Tennessee, the entire world is betting on Duke. And everyone is saying Tennessee stinks and Duke is going to win this game easily. And you, you know, every report from every sports book out there is we need Tennessee. The whole world is betting Duke like they know the final score. Well, Tennessee wins that game kind of just bullied Duke. Duke was just not physical enough and their youth really showed. And now everyone's saying Tennessee's legit. They can win it all. This team is for real. Like what happened to the, ten- the, the a day before the Tennessee team who also still, you know, they lost one of their most important guards in Ziegler for the year. So yeah, I think Florida Atlantic is, this is, this line is too high. This is a really deep physical experience team. And then they play four out. They have a, a seven footer in the middle but then they play with four out four guys who could shoot. Duke's not really a good shooting team. And what you need to do against this Tennessee defense is because they are physical. 
is you need to be able to hit shots. You need to be able to swing it around the perimeter and you need to be able to hit threes. No one can make threes in the SEC all year, which is why the three-point defense was so good. But they give up a lot of three-point looks. Florida Atlantic can hit them. They're, I think they're being slept on here. I think this, if you played this game last week in this, you know, in, on Saturday instead of Tennessee Duke, this line would have been three and a half, four. But I think you're getting a little inflation because of what Tennessee did to Duke. And I think Florida Atlantic keeps this close. It's also a Tennessee team that remains limited offensively. So it's not a team that you should ever feel comfortable with you know, laying five and a half points in a tournament game. So uh, I'm more than happy to fade Tennessee as a, a decent sized favorite here. I wouldn't be surprised if Florida Atlantic pulls this off outright, but I think it's going to be right down on the wire. I'm more than happy to have five and a half in my back pocket. Like Chad was saying, is there any good value on this Gonzaga UCLA game or is this, this game price right? I mean, it's, it's one of those numbers that it was been bouncing around a little bit. And now it's kind of settled in here as we sit here talking on Thursday. Yeah, I like I like UCLA here just because you, know, you have this is a pace clash, and we saw with Gonzaga and TCU two teams that want to get up and down and run, and that game was played into the 80s. It was kind of conducive to both, and it was back and forth, and Gonzaga made the run late in the game. UCLA won't let you get out in the transition. They want to slow the game down to a crawl, and I tend to favor teams that do that against teams that want to run in the tournament because I think it's easier to slow the game down and UCLA pretty much does that to everyone. They just don't let you get out and transition. Gonzaga still has a major weakness defending at the rim and just defending overall in general. Um, so, uh, you know, and TC was missing their big man, Eddie Lamp, you know, I think would have been huge in that game and made the difference. So I like UCLA to prevail here. I think the Gonzaga defense is one of the weaker units remaining in the field. I think that's going to end up costing them. Look, their offense is great. Timmy's great. They have shooters, and if they're hot, they could win this game. I don't think UCLA is going to blow them out of the water, but I do think that they're going to get their revenge from a couple of years ago. And it's even crazier that 17 years ago to the day, when they're going to be playing, 17 years ago to the day is the game where they played in 2006 with Adam Morrison crying. I'm like, how was that 17 years ago? Um, how old are we? But yeah, they've had some classics in the tournament. I like I like UCLA here to prevail with their seniors leading the way. That makes me sad. I, I want Gonzaga is one of those teams uh, that I just want to win a national title. I root just for one. the program. Get it, get it off their back. Yeah, I root for the program. I root for the coach. I like, um, I admire and respect a guy who has stuck around and just built greatness in the middle of nowhere has had many of opportunities to go elsewhere and has just decided this is where I'm at. We're going to build something substantial. We're going to build something that lasts. I think it's really impressive the way, what Mark few has done. And there's honestly no other team in the tournament right now that I personally feel strongly about other than UConn. So like, I'd love to see Gonzaga actually win a title it makes me sad when you say you feel like ucla uh is going to advance because i want gonzaga to do it so badly they're not i mean look they're gonna have a shot i, I haven't even bet uh ucla yet so yeah they're, they're gonna have a shot if they're making their outside shots which you pretty much need to do against ucla yeah they're they're, they're in the mix so it's not a bad uh, secondary horse to pick up the root for chad i could see why you just want them to get over the hump I do. I just want him to get over the hump. Uh, yeah. I root, you know. I'm the true Cubs him. fan talking here. It is, by the way. I mean, yeah. I, it, <laughs> dude, you don't think that informs my thinking? When you've I been do. 
a Chicago sports fan, it informs your thinking. And honestly, I think it says a lot about who you are. Either you are an empathetic person who feels for the rest of fandom who might be struggling with the feelings you've had, or you're a bitter person who was like, fuck them. It took me forever to win. <laughs> they have to wait forever to win. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I rooted for the Cubs. I always used to root for the Cubs. Now, then once they won it, I said, fuck them. Then, then that's fine. They got their, they got their world series, but uh, I'm just surprised you didn't transition that into more bears talk. Well, we can talk about the bears, but I don't want to <laughs> lose any more listeners than we already have. Uh, San Diego state, you mentioned visiting Alabama. I love this team. Love the narrative with the coach. Uh, and him being a Steve Fisher assistant for so many years, both going back to Fab Five and then at San Diego State and getting this team, and the team's been really good. Uh, I'd love to see an upset here. Can I tell you, listen, Nick Saban suspended that kid on his team who was driving 141 miles per hour today. And it's it's debating in the internet world this week that he threw a little bit of shade at uh, the Alabama basketball coach, Nate Oates, who didn't suspend Brandon Miller. And Nick Saban basically said, there is no such thing as being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You make your choices, you make your decisions about who you hang out with. Um, but there's something about this Alabama team that I root against. And I don't know if it's the situation or what, but I want San Diego State. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you, but it's a little easier for Saban with what he's done to suspend anybody at any time. And also um, to do it gross. in, in like in March. Yeah. Right. March a little, a little different for college football and college yeah. basketball, but um, yeah, I like San Diego state here. I bet them plus seven and a half and they, I don't know if they have enough firepower to win this game outright. But again, this goes back to San Diego state wants to slow it down, slow the game down to a halt. Alabama wants to get out and run. Right use all their athletes and they want to get out and transition. I, I think San Diego state, and they have one of the best game plan coaches in the entire country. So you get, you know, a couple extra days to prep here, which I think favors them a bit, but what Alabama is, they are like the, the, uh, the embodiment of analytics. They just, it's three and rim. they want to shoot threes and they want to get to the rim. They never shoot in the mid range. Well, San Diego state has the best three point defense in the country. And they have a lot of length at the rim and they're really strong at defending there. So uh, they match up pretty well. On the other side, Alabama, you got to kind of beat them in the mid-range with the way that Alabama plays schematically on defense. And that's the entire San Diego State backcourt. So there's a lot of variants like Matt Bradley and company. He could shoot them out of this game. But they have the talent and prowess in the mid-range to just consistently at jumpers, slow this game down. And then most importantly, it's one of the best defenses in the country. They can defend the three and defend at the rim. That's what Alabama does. They, they they want to do it more than any other team in the country. They hate shooting twos, two jumpers. So I think San Diego State matches up here. Seven and a half. It's a lot of points in, in a game that I think will be lower scoring than a normal Alabama game. And they just match up too well. So, yeah, I like the Aztecs with the points here. And, yeah, I'm with you. I'll be rooting for them to pull off the upset as well. You nailed it last week saying the ACC is having a down year. Who would have thought our last team from the ACC left would be Miami? They're going up against Houston here. Another big matchup of a big spread. You have the same feelings for a dog here? Or is, is Miami's luck about the run out? Because, man, are they on a crazy run right now? Yeah, I, I tend to lean Houston. I think this, this line's pretty close to fair. Uh, I make it a tad higher. But there's also the injury risk with Houston's guards who, look, they flexed their depth last week. 
when their their guards were in foul trouble and hurt and um then they just they really just turned it on in the second half without them but they have a couple extra days to get healthy and rest up here so we'll see if Sasser and Shed are 100 healthy if they are I think this line is a little short but you know because you look at this matchup the I mean, the Miami defense has been their problem all year. They're outside the top 100 and adjusted defensive efficiency. You never really see a team make a deep, deep run in the tournament with a flawed unit. And look, they want to pressure you and they have excellent guards, which does play in March. And we saw it last year. They these, Their guards went on a run and they're well coached as well. But Houston's not bothered by pressure. And, you know, Houston's going to get every offensive rebound in this game, which is a, a problem for Miami. And I don't think that Miami, since Houston's not bothered by pressure, I don't see how Miami's going to consistently get shots. And mainly because also Houston's going to get a ton of offensive rebounds. They can defend their guards on the other end. This is an experienced, well-coached Houston team. <laughs> With the injury risk, it's probably a stay away. Um, but... Uh, I, I don't. I can't. It's hard for me to see Miami pulling off this upset. I think San Diego State actually has a better shot of doing so. Why do you think Jim Laranega is a good coach, and how do you? How does he seem to connect with his players? Yeah, he's like a. He's all into like psychology, like uh, psychology books, and um, he gets deep into that stuff on like how to connect on a personal level with his players and. He's every year his players seem to love playing for them, which I think goes a really long way. Like I, I think about this, like the Illinois team when I was watching them this year. Like I was like Brad Underwood and this they, he hates this team and this team hates him and everyone hates each other. You never really see a Miami team like that, and I think that goes a long way into some of the things that Larinaga incorporates that aren't necessarily basketball related, but do impact you know from a team perspective, and that that goes a long way building camaraderie. And just having a locker room where everyone likes each other, it can go through the grind of a season. So he's that's one of his his biggest strengths for sure. He's he's a great coach. Yeah, that's such an interesting comp to Illinois. You know, as a Chicago guy, I watch Illinois. I've always liked Illinois basketball. I've been pretty surprised that Underwood has been able to recruit the talent he's been able to recruit the past few years and put this team in a position to uh, sort of be a potential number one seed for the past three, four years. I think he's been there five or six years. It makes no sense to me because uh, it doesn't seem joyful when he's coaching. Literanega seems joyful. Yep. Agreed. I think that's what it is. Um, all right. We got the Blue Jays. Their 10-point favorites are big favorites against Princeton. Um, we love the Tigers. We love watching them play. It's a Cinderella story. But I also love Creighton, and I love McDermott, and I love this team. I want this team to do well. Yeah, I, this could be a tough task for Princeton. I don't know if I can lay ten, but if I had to bet it, that's where I would I would go. But I, look, Princeton in the first two rounds they played Arizona and Missouri, two teams who would have run, get out, have to play fast, don't really love playing in the half court and grinding. And Princeton slowed the game down. Again, another example of one of these teams that wants to slow the game down, and then they were able to dictate tempo against a team that wants to get out and run. Missouri also missed every three, but um, Creighton's comfortable in the half court. They're not a team that needs to get up and down. They're, you know, I think middle of the pack as far as adjusted tempo. Their offense is excellent. Uh, Princeton isn't going to get any offensive rebounds here, which they were able to do against Missouri. Missouri, one of the worst rebounding teams in the country 
Creighton is elite in defensive rebounds. So Prince is going to have to make shots. It's not a great shooting team. They're capable. Um, but a lot of times you see these 15 seeds, great story, magical run the first weekend. And then, you know, the second weekend, new location kind of come crashing back down to earth and reality sets in. So, yeah, I don't think this is a great matchup for Princeton because if they, if they were able to slow it down, that's perfectly fine with Creighton, who just has much better athletes, much better players, and just much better talent overall. So I think this is the end of the Cinderella run for the Princeton Tigers. Yeah, that's I mean, fair. I was just going to say – is New Jersey an absolute powerhouse? We had St. Peter's last year. I think we had Ryder one year. How many basketball schools do we got? Rutgers is an afterthought. Um, oh, well, look, it was a 15 seed went to the Sweet 16 for the second time ever two years ago. Yeah. In Oral Roberts. Last year was the first time we went to Elite Eight. And maybe maybe we're due for one to go to the Final Four. I don't say <laughs> it, but who does? It's the beauty of the tournament. If Princeton's it's the best. Hot, hot from three, and Creighton can't hit a shot. And then guess what? There's six minutes to go in the game, and it's tied. The crowd is going to turn, and then they're going to be rooting for Princeton. And then Creighton's going to get tight, and then everything can work against them from that point on. So that's yeah, that's that's the beauty of it. You like anything in this Xavier Texas game, or is this a stay away? Uh, Vine, I think is pretty fair. I'm, a, but I I kind of like the over here. Um, it's been the tournament of unders there's a, a new ball that some teams have to use which i think is hurt but they're you know they've had a weekend of it now then i think some of the rims last week were so tight at certain locations we'll see what it looks like uh this weekend but both xavier is an elite offense and they also want to play really fast and but their defense has a lot of issues especially on the perimeter and texas you you know, you think about this Texas team, they've been in a lot of like slogs, but that's in, in the big 12, you get in those kind of grinders again, and they just become these physical matchups. But Texas's DNA is they want to play faster and they have guards that want to get up and down and they should be able to do what they want on the perimeter against the Xavier defense. So I think this game ends up going up, up and down the court. I liked the Xavier over last weekend after there was like 30 unders in a row that hit. Luckily, that got to the window on Sunday. I think this is another over on two teams that will be more than comfortable going up and down the court with both offenses having advantages. So, yeah, I'm going to go up against the under trend again, but I think Xavier is a really good over team. Great offense, play fast, question questionable defense, and uh, that I think Texas can exploit. But Xavier will have some advantages on offense too. So I think this this could be your – most up and down because you have a lot of teams that are up and down this round, but they're playing teams that want to just make the game a, a complete crawl. This is a game where both teams are like, fine, you want to run, we'll run, you miss, we'll run after we miss it. We know you're going to run. And then I think that gets contagious. So I could see this being up and down the whole way. I'm going to be on the over here. And if needed, hopefully we get some fouls late. Stucky action network. OG host of the Big Bets on Campus podcast. I feel so informed. I'm looking forward to seeing you this weekend, buddy. Home. Sure, a couple of listeners will be there too. Looking forward to meeting some. I bet, some I bet. New, New, New Jersey is home of the Cinderella. Mm. Everyone knows that's where fairy tales and dreams come true in the state of New Jersey. For Simon Hunter, for Stucky, for Matt Mitchell, I am Chad Millman. This has been the Favorites Podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. Download the podcast from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. That's very important. Subscribe to the favorites. Leave us five stars. Say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Until next time, love you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.